What's up, friends? Welcome to the 2-6 Podcast with Luke and Adrian. On this podcast, we focus on Web3, business, and achieving your personal potential. We're very excited to welcome a special guest today as part of our Web3 Project Spotlight series. Sherbal Combs is the Chief Operating Officer for the Chicken Project, which is on the Avalanche blockchain, and coming soon to the Polygon blockchain as well. If you've ever been curious about the inner workings of a Web3 project, want to learn what it takes to build a career in Web3, or just want to learn more about chicken, stay tuned for a great conversation with one of the best in the business. As with all of our episodes, none of what you hear today is to be considered financial advice. This is purely for entertainment and educational purposes. With that all said, let's talk chicken. Well, welcome to the 2-6 podcast with Luke and Adrian. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we focus on Web3 business and achieving your personal potential. Today's episode is part three of our Web3 Project Spotlight series covering the Chicken Project. And we actually have the great pleasure of introducing one of the creators and, and leads of the project, Sherbach Holmes. Sherbach, welcome to the show. And thank you, Luke G. And, so glad, and glad. top of the book. Good to, good to be here. Finally, after the, you know, few series, few episodes on chicken, we've got the devs on, on camera, nonetheless, face reveal. I mean, yeah. sort of for the first time, at least officially on video. So thanks for having me, gentlemen. It's a pleasure. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Always glad you're part of the docs club, man. For a long time. Uh, so I used to have a PFP for uh, <laughs> all of my socials and Adrian spent a long time con- trying to convince me that I needed to, to, to be at my face instead. So he calls that the docs club. So I'm a, uh, now a proud <laughs> member of that. So, so welcome aboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. good I mean, to it's be important, a part of you know? Yeah, exactly. Put your face out there. Like you've got your personal brand, personal identity. And for a long time, I was just a, you know, a chicken PFP myself. But then after, um, you know, meeting people at the summit and wanting to find more engagement on Twitter, yeah, I ended up having to put my face out there for sure. And I don't regret it at all. But no, man, I just wanted to thank you for taking the time to join us today, dude. Um, so tell tell us, I, I know, you know, you talked to a little bit of people that are already in the project, but also just to kind of keep, you know, introduce yourself to, to new people that might be joining Chicken and wanting to learn a little bit more about Chicken. So tell us a little bit about how you took this journey. How did you get into NFT <laughs> space, the NFT space, the blockchain, Web3, tokenomics, all that jazz? Yeah, man, the journey. Let's go there. Um, yeah, so like, well, I kind of assumed that, you know, we're a few episodes in with exploring chicken. So, you know, if you've made it this far, you're probably somewhat familiar with the project. Um, so chicken is an NFT game on, on Avalanche. And I'm uh, one of the core six team uh, founding team members. Um, chicken has been going for close to two years now. We're coming up on the two year anniversary of the first mint in November. Um, so it's been quite a journey. It's been quite a journey. Uh, and, uh, it's yeah, let's, let's wind it right back to, well, the mint started for chicken November, 2021. Um, so that was when we kind of first made a splash onto the scene kind of tail end of the, uh, of the previous bull market. Um, we had come together as a team. Um, I would say about six to eight months before that, um, we all kind of had different, I think different walks of life. Um, and through, through BBQ, actually one of the other team members, he's really like the mutual kind of crossroads, um, through which all the team members connected, um, but maybe backing up even a little bit further, like how, how did I meet BBQ? How are we talking about web three and kind of getting into the space? Right. So I've been in, I've been very interested in cryptocurrency, honestly, since I was, you know, just a young lad, um, when I was in early high school. I was actually looking into, um, I was looking online on how to, how to like make money online. Right? And, and I had found these like surveys, the questionnaires you can kind of uh, fill out and they give you sometimes like a coupon. Sometimes they give you money. Sometimes, sometimes they gave you Bitcoin. Right. And I had, I had no idea what this thing was, but I was, I was really kind of curious. And this must've been what, like 2011, 2012. So I was like 15 years old totally dating myself there, but, um, <laughs> I was, um, com- completely, uh, naive to the spec, to, to the technology, to the idea, but I was, I was fascinated. Uh, nonetheless, I actually went to my parents and was like, Hey, we should buy some Bitcoin. Um, let's just put in like a thousand bucks, um, see what happens. And, uh, they like referred me to their accountant. They were like, Oh yeah, this is great. You know, kids learning about investing and stuff. Um, but, uh, this account was like, don't do it. What, 
Bitcoin, stupid. Why, why are you doing that? Like, no, go, go buy like S&P, go like do sort of the, the regular stuff. Um, and I actually still know that guy to this day and I still give him shit for that. But uh, <laughs> that was kind of my first brush, right, with Bitcoin yeah. back, back in the day. Um, you know, from there it was like high school, you know, like heard about the whole Silk Road thing, saw kind of like a couple of boom and bust cycles, didn't really pay too much attention. Then this was 2016, 2017 now when that whole cycle really blew up, myself and all my roommates were really into it. Um, this was really for me, like the, you know, this is my like, first proper cycle that I got in. Um, this is where I built my fundamental understanding of like the technology and just getting hands-on. And we were like building mining rigs and we were trying to, you know, build trading algorithms. Like we were just trying everything, right? Just, just a couple of like dumbass 20 year old kids, like trying to figure out how to, how to make some money. Right. Um, and, Obviously, you know, that whole cycle kind of came and went. Um, I basically got repped. Um, you know, anything that I made, I, I would have lost more um, for sure. Uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't disheartened. Um, and, and at this point, it was in the later stages of, of my um, studies. And I kind of pivoted a little bit because I was so fascinated um, to focus more on finance and focus more on economics. Uh, I had, I was doing um, at the time, uh, a dual degree, so two degrees, right? One in uh, science, we're, uh, majoring in physics, and one in business management. Um, so I kind of leveraged like the maths and the, the technical understanding I had from uh, studying physics and started doing more advanced like economics, more advanced like financial modeling, started messing with um, like how options uh, work, which is holy crap, so hard. And it was actually way harder than any of like the the astrophysics and quantum physics I did, like financial maths is like insane, but um, kind of finished up my degree with, um, you know, a, a good, good amount more of a financial knowledge, economic knowledge, um, a, a deep interest in crypto. Uh, at the time I've been working at a company for like 10, eight, 10 odd years at that point, since I was um, in high school, uh, it was like a 3D software uh, company. And I, upon graduating was like, I got to get into crypto. This is my calling. This is, this is, um, you know, philosophically like so interesting, right? Just like the, the really the principle of like down with the, the man, down with the authority, like that, that I think is what kept me going despite you know, losing a bunch of money in your first cycle, like you do. Um, so I started working, um, in first in like a VC analyst firm. That was kind of like started orbiting around the space. They were often looking at um, fintech companies, blockchain companies, etc. Uh, and then I was probably there for like six, eight months. And then um, at around this time, I uh, met BBQ, and you know we started talking about blockchain and NFTs and crypto. Um, so that was kind of cooking away in the background. And then I started working at um, explicitly at a cryptocurrency company, right? It was, it was um, like an analyst div uh, division where they produce these like large consumer facing reports essentially um, that get published. And uh, I led one there with a team on NFTs. So this would have been like 2020 odd, um, you know, when things were really going crazy, um, maybe late 2020. And that was when I kind of got red pilled on NFTs, right? And that's where did the deep dive. I did all the research, produced this huge report. And it was great there because I was able to actually talk to all these different um, uh, NFT projects who were quite large in the split in the space, um, you know, through this company that I was working with. So a lot of insights there. And that's kind of where I was, it was like, okay, this is, this is kind of a, a new revolution on top of the original revolution of um, cryptocurrency. And uh, I need to get into this, right? So BBQ and I, we started talking more, we started orbiting. We were like, we got to do, he was keen to do something. He'd had his own ventures and walks in, in the space um, previously. And he then connected, um, so Hen Solo and KFC, uh, who he knew through Cluck, and then also uh, Gravy knows um, Cluck and Hen Solo. So we basically started up a Telegram group. We you know, we didn't know really what we were doing, but we knew we were going to do something. Um, and, and over a few months, right, we started playing with different ideas and NFTs, and we knew that the PFP meta was kind of coming to an end, right, and that was only going to last so long. There was an opportunity there to kind of innovate. 
um, using the, the token standards, you know, using proxy contracts, and upgradable contracts. Um, so this was all kind of like sloshing around in our brains and, and, and then um, how kind of synthesized into chicken was, was actually Hen Solo was playing with the R generation tool, right? And he was getting all sorts of different, just different things and throwing them in there and seeing how the layering worked and working with gravy to, to make it all work. Um, and we were kind of playing with this, this, this chicken, right? Like this kind of sort of stock image style chicken and putting like little hats on it. Um, and we're actually like, this is, this is actually, this is actually hilarious. Like this is actually so goofy and so, yeah. so silly. Right. And we've never <laughs> seen anything else like it, you know, like it was kind of a happy accident, I guess you'd say. So we kind of picked that up and ran with it very naturally from there because we knew we wanted, um, you know, token emissions and we wanted some sort of interactivity. Um, the chicken laying the egg was a very natural next step from that. Um, and then Cluck, you know, credit to him, um, kind of closed the loop and, you know, made the whole feed uh, emissions and the LP side and then making the chicken bigger. So. Yeah, that's what we ran with for the mint in in um, was it November twenty twenty one, and um, well, the rest is history. So, how did how did you guys even learn about all this? With I mean, there I mean, it's so hard. I guess you just have to kind of like play around with it and learn as you go. Two point. I mean, I guess you did have a little bit of background by working for one of the you know a company in the space. Um. But how did you guys, I mean, how did you guys, how did you come up with like the whole tokenomics? Because you guys, I, I personally mm. think you guys, the tokenomics, the tri-tokenomics that you guys have is just huge. Yeah, it's, um, it was a whole journey, man. And, you know, I'd be like lying if I said that I knew from the start, like exactly like what the heck I was doing. You know, there's, there's like no rule book for this kind of space. Yeah. And um, that's what's so awesome about it, right? It's like you can create these new novel tokenomics and kind of technical systems and, and see how they play out. But when it came to the original tri-tokenomics, you know, again, Clark came up with the core idea. Um, and I thought that was, we all thought it was very clever in the way it's um, uh, kind of like a simple game loop, simple to build, it incentivizes LP, uh, it, um, you know, gives players uh, this, this token and we always, that sort of built the initial idea of like, well, if we're going to give people this token, we need to give people a reason to kind of use it, right? And and spend it elsewhere. And this was kind of step one um, in that. But we took the original tri-tokenomics and we were like, okay, uh, we're going to model this out. And this was kind of my job, right? Being, um, you know, the numbers guy. I wanted to nail down, you know, all the exact numbers so how many eggs do they lay a day? How much feed does it cost to, you know, level them up? Um, and then kind of project this out to the whole supply, to the whole ecosystem, um, and make some long-term predictions about how I think, uh, how the tokenomics will play out based on assumptions of, of user behavior. Um, and this is, you know, kind of shooting in the dark, super early days, we barely had any users. We didn't have like a working product, right? But I'm out here kind of projecting on how I think people are going to um, interact with the system. So how I went about it was, yeah, it was just leveraging like a lot of the math, a lot of the economics, a lot of the spreadsheeting and some basic coding that I knew, um, getting a lot of help from the, the devs as well for just like modeling things. But um, I used to hate like the modeling and problem solving questions in school and math and stuff, but that's kind of all I do here, right? At chicken now, it's like incredibly useful. Um, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll take, I'll take a system, um, and I'll just break it down to its core elements and I'll make some kind of core assumptions about, you know, how that system will evolve. And then I'll just plot it out, right. And produce like a bunch of data and then crunch that tweak the assumptions, you know, get it to a point where I feel like it's reasonable. Um, and then run with it. And surprisingly, that actually worked out pretty well for the um, the egg uh, and feed tokenomics. Um, if you look back at like kind of the projections I made about two years ago, which were largely kind of two year old projections, um, we're pretty on track, right? Which is kind of surprising. I think I got to the right answer with the wrong assumptions in a lot of cases. But Nonetheless, it shows that if you sit down and um, kind of plot it out and really consider it, you 
you know, you can get, you can get a pretty good ballpark figure. Yeah. And I think I just, I just want to commend you on, on what you've done with it. I think that, you know, just the motivation that you have to use the tokens for certain things, I think is pretty unique to chicken. I think there's a lot of projects out there that have tokens that are used for different things. Um, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's one that, that me and Adrian were involved in where it's just a matter of produce as many as you can and then cash them out. Whereas I don't remember the last time I actually ever cashed out an egg unless I was swapping it for feed or furch or something like that. Um, it pretty much all gets burnt. Every last egg that my chicken produces gets burnt and then I have a need for more and I buy more. So what you've, you've, you've done it right. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it, over time as well, it's important to emphasize that the tokenomics and our, um, overall direction with the project has changed. Right. And, you know, we always knew that we needed to, like I said, build on this kind of extra utility, uh, ensure that people have a good reason to use all these tokens, um, that their NFTs produce. So. Although we had these initial projections of tokenomics and egg um, and feed, you know, things grew significantly from there until we got rooster and furt and farmland. Um, and a lot of that was just, you know, like you said, Adrian, it was just kind of learning as you go and testing things out and getting into the arena and, uh, you know, failing cheap and learning quick, right? And I think that's one of the most powerful things about this space and particularly for chicken, it's, it's awesome because we we don't have any VC backing. We like completely control the creative direction of the project and we can like bring things to the market quickly. And we have like a user base there who is ready to give feedback and ready to like develop whatever we launch really quickly. And we can iterate and we can just, it's, it's such a great way to be an entrepreneur, right? It's, it's quick feedback. It's, it's agile and yeah the technology and the money flow and the community really enable that. Yeah. And, and Sherbach, like who, who are the other team members? I, I know there's, there's clock, there's BBQ. I mean, there's, there's a lot of you guys, like, I guess the, who are the main devs in, in your, in your group? Let's run down the dream team. Um, so we've got myself, Sherbach, um, my official job title is COO. Um, but largely, you know, I'll deal with, daily operations, sorting out internal contractors, managing calendars, you know, like a lot of the grunt work kind of stuff. Um, but then I'm also doing the, uh, tokenomics, the kind of modeling for any new products that we'll design. Um, so ensuring that it is coherent with the current ecosystem, um, and nailing down all of the numbers and figures, uh, for how we're going to implement it. Um, so then I'll take that and I'll hand it over to, uh, Hen Solo and KFC, who are our two uh, devs, um, super experienced guys, background in um, building out fintech systems. Uh, so security is paramount for them. And I think it shows across our ecosystem, it's super secure contracts never had a compromise um, at all. They're absolute guns. They, uh, you know, KFC focuses more on the smart contract side of things and building out um, all of the crazy formulas that I put on his plate and translating them to solidity, which is sometimes a pain. Um, Hen Solo deals with, uh, you know, more um, of the website infrastructure. He does all of the APIs. He handles a lot of the front end build um, and, and between them um, and a few uh, people that they work with, they handle essentially building out everything that we do. Um, so we also then have uh, the infamous notorious Cluck Norris. Um, he is basically our like lead man, front man, um, CEO. He definitely is the guy who he's like the ideas guy, right? So when we're looking to build something new, when we're exploring a new direction, um, you know, be it rooster, farmland, foraging, chicken X, like he's the guy who will kind of set up the vision, lay down, uh, the plan right um and talk to a lot of the right people um he's incredibly charismatic he'll he'll start pulling strings and and bring things together right so that's clock and then we've got uh as well bbq uh he i talked about him before he's he's one of my good um friends i knew before chicken and he handles a lot of our finances he handles a lot of the um 
you know, uh, risk management, um, sort of analyzing the market, how to operate, um, you know, given different market conditions, how to manage our treasury, how to manage our runway, um, all this kind of stuff. Uh, and I work re really closely with him on the finance and legals side of things too. Um, and last, but of course, not least, we have Gravy, our artist, um, absolute legend. You know, his, his work speaks for himself. He's done everything from, you know, the original chicken to uh, the new art style that you've seen going around, all of the website designs and assets, every single piece of social media content, all of the game assets. Dude is in the dungeon and we whip him hard, but goddamn, he, he produces some magic. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, dude, a little story. The first time I was actually just getting on on Twitter back then, and I want to say you guys were or Cluck was on a space with uh, Swarms. I think it was a Swarms project, and <laughs> and I came up to ask a question. I I just didn't know what the platform was all about. I was totally new, totally excited about blockchain and where things were going, and I go in there and I don't really know what the conversation was about, but I just had a question. So I'm going over there. I'm like, so. So, sir, the guy with the, the chicken guy, like, how did you even start this thing? Like, what did you do? And I kept calling a project a protocol. I kept saying, how do you do all these protocols? And, and But it was, like, totally not, like, on subject. And I, and I was just, like, I was just so fascinated and, and confused about what the heck I was doing on Twitter. And I, anyway, so, he, I mean, but he took the time and actually kind of just easily just kind of explained it and, you know, in, in a nutshell. But anyway, that was my first conversation with with Mr. Cluck Norris himself. It was awesome. Yeah, you'll love to see it. I think those one-on-one -on -one interactions are like so important. And it's something that when it comes to building a community, like you can, you can, you can touch someone's heart. And it's easy to overlook that as a dev. Um, and those little like one-to-one -one moments. And they've been some of my favorite moments, honestly, in Chicken when it's just like, late night in the discord and you're there and you're in voice chat and someone else just jumps on. Um, and, and when it's one-on-one, -on -one, you know, people will pour out their soul, man. And when people are talking about money and stuff, like just the other week, I was talking to a fella from Bangladesh who was just, uh, who'd moved to Australia, um, uh, and was bringing all his family over. And he was saying, you know, chicken was like paramount to him in being able to kind of escape this cycle of poverty, um, amongst, you know, cryptocurrency in general. And we were just talking about, you know, for him in his context, like, this technology is not a choice, right? Like this is something you need to escape, you know, your awful dicta uh, dictated government or terrible inflation or just the cycle of poverty, right? And and those kinds of moments are really beautiful, you know? And as a dev, like as someone who has a community, you gotta, you gotta embrace those moments, right? And you gotta, you gotta kind of look for them and let them happen. Um, it's easy to focus on star shares and Twitter and who's the noises and who, who's got the biggest bags and stuff. Right. But like there's people here, there's people here at the end of the day. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, I, I will say that too, like you're one of the things that I think is so cool about, about chicken as a whole is it's, it's a great way to onboard someone that's new to web three. Um, so actually uh, I may, may have told you this before, but chicken was actually my first project that I was a part of um, <laughs> actually. So Adrian got into it, learned about it, told me all about it. And uh, I actually got in right at the time of the rooster mint. So I minted uh, two roosters. I got one through the egg burn and then I got one through, through the mint. And uh, it's a funny story how I did it. So my, I was minting the rooster on an airplane, praying that my Wi-Fi on the plane was going to be strong enough for my mint to go through because it was, you, you know how fast it all went. Um, and then uh, on the next day, I minted my second one, um, actually right on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, because I happened to be in Washington, D.C. at that time. But uh, it was uh, it was a wild time, but it was just really, um, I think, just the way that you can translate it into something that somebody can understand. So it's a chicken that's laying eggs, it's eating fur, or it's eating feed, roosters are skirting fur, and it just, it can make sense. Whereas I think a lot of projects that are out there can get really complex. Um, and it's just hard to understand like, okay, well, why does this thing do that or that kind of thing? And it just, it just turns it into something that you could explain it to, you know, a kid or like somebody else. So I think it's just great how y'all have designed that. Mm, thank you. I appreciate that. I so. definitely think we're like a Trojan horse in a lot of ways. And that's a huge part of this like new direction of the project we're going in. Cause we, we kind of recognize that. And we've had so many times in the past where it's like, 
um, someone's talking about how their grandma's feeding their chicken, right? Or like their kids love their chicken and they want to um, always make sure that they're getting leveled up and collecting the eggs, right? It, it is fun and it is intuitive. And I think we have a nice balance where um, we, you know, have all these gamified elements, but you're only really a hop, skip and a jump away, maybe, maybe just a hop away from um, more advanced DeFi concepts like LP farming, and dealing with DEXs mm -hmm. and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And I think there's still a gap between, um, you know, we're, 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 we're good for those sort of maybe early Web3 curious kind of people, but the gap is still there, you know, for Web2 people. And obviously that's like the golden goose. That's the whole gap in the industry, mm -hmm. right? That's what everyone's trying to solve, um, yeah. including us. But I think we're uniquely positioned because once we get that gap bridged, we're going to have people very intuitively, very easily dealing with upgradable NFTs, with token emissions, with LP, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, a whole community of people willing to take them on that journey. So, you know, I think that's next bull run 2024, boys. It's the plan. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things I think about too, like even just in the success that y'all have had so far, I mean, not not asking you to say anything about other projects, but y'all have just really been, I think, in my mind at least, differentiated against some of the other, you know, games or projects that are out there. What would you say has kind of helped y'all to have the success that you've had just overall? Mm -hmm. And I think you mentioned a couple of them already, but anything else that that you think kind of makes Chicken special in in that mm -hmm. sense? I think what initially uh, differentiated us largely in the space. Um, was the concept of upgradable NFTs, was the concept of, you know, now it's called dynamic NFTs, right, with, with metadata that can change. But in late 2021, this was um, already like a huge innovation, right? I think now two years later today, a lot of the industry is caught up and that's no longer um, a massive difference. A lot of people say this and it might sound kind of cringe, but I think the community and our position in Avalanche is like a huge part of our success. and uh, a differentiator in a lot of ways in that we've been able to maintain a community, keep people engaged. And we have a level of um, sort of technical interest and integration where people in the community are, you know, using our APIs to build tools. They're building spin-off collections that like, this isn't just people holding the PFP, right? We have fostered such a beautiful community of builders, um, of traders, of, just interesting intellectual people. So that, that's a huge differentiator. And that like, again, everyone talks about this, but that is what ke has kept us here to this day over this bear market, right? So I think those are two huge things. I think another third thing, um, and, and I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but I think the core team um, is a huge differentiator for the project, right? Like the fact that we are uh, not backed, we have no strings attached, we're all self-funded and bootstrapped. The fact that everyone has seen the journey from day dot, we're really transparent. You know, we 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 deliver on our, on on our plans. Um, that is something which keeps people people around and, and makes a lot of a difference um, in a world of rugs and Ponzi's and you know mysterious founders doing you know ten different projects. And it's you know. We're just out here, we're just doing chicken, we're just building what we love, right? It's simple, it's honest. Um, and I think that that really attracts people. Um, you know, I'd say the last one is, and it's sort of a stem from this, is the fact that uh, we just keep building cool new stuff that people like and bringing it to market and trying it out. And a lot of projects have stagnated. A lot of projects have just delivered sort of on something at its core and then failed to you know, build anything on top of that. And just in two years of development, you know, you can see from just that initial, you know, try tokenomic, triangle, chicken lay egg, um, it's built out into so much more, right? And it's, you know, two years is nothing for like an early company, um, especially one that hasn't got any VC backing. So people just love seeing shit get done, right? And I think that's a huge differentiator uh, yeah. for us. Yeah, so I choose those four. Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of to build on what you said with the community, I think just from my point of view, one of the things that that helps it is y'all are having fun too. Like, and it's clear, like when, when we hear you on a space, like 
bantering with with KFC and Cluck and everyone else. Like y'all are having a good time, and it just kind of sets the tone for hey, this is a fun place to be. And when folks want to get up on the space and and talk as well, it's not intimidating. I mean, if they're kind of worried about how many people are in the audience, sometimes it might be, but y'all are just super engaging and fun, and it just builds upon that. So when the community does want to, you know, host their own space or, you know, talk in the discord, that vibe is kind of already set. And so I think y'all just do a fantastic job of that. Thank you, man. And that's actually something we've been quite cognizant of. And I think has actually changed over the lifetime of the project, um, especially as the market changes, you know, when you're in the bull market and uh, it's just success after success, it's banger after banger, um, you know, people kind of start to they just gas you up so much, right? And they're just like, these devs, they're gods. Oh, we love them so much. Like they can't do anything wrong. They shit gold. <laughs> um, and that is fun, right? Um, but it is not the narrative. It's not the tone you want to set for a community. And this is true of the whole space. This happens all the time. But, you know, there's been a psychological shift mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. And as we've had sort of like impulses in the market and, and waves in chicken of interest, um, the narrative and tone has shifted to like the people who are still around here, the people who are still um, active, right? They're people who just like chicken, right? The people who like the community, they're people mm -hmm. um, who like the devs who like us, right? And we've been, you know, I think, especially over this last year, just kind of like shifting it more. So it's like, you know, we are here to have fun. We are here to experiment, right? We're here to try things out. Like we don't know the answers any more than you guys. And we're on this journey together. Um, and I think that that narrative mm -hmm. shift um, is super important. And a lot of projects, a lot of empty projects could um, really should work on that because it makes us all a team. It makes it not just like pressure devs when soon, you know, this like weird dynamic, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> it's more honest. Right. And I really like that. And I've been having more fun with it, you know, and you know, you guys have probably seen me on socials over the last two or three months, just like getting way more active. Um, just kind of putting myself out there and taking it less seriously. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's easy for me to say sort of on, you know, sitting on two years of a successful NFT project. Um, but I think it takes a while for you to get comfortable yep. with that psychologically. Right. And, and, and that's been true of the team. It's been true of the community. It's been true of the whole space. So, you know, long story short, I'm having more fun than ever. Right. And, and I wouldn't go when I couldn't think of anywhere else that have more fun realistically. I mean, there's, there's all these projects that have just like come and gone, like totally gone. And it, it's, it's, it's nice to have a place to where, you know, we, we, you know, of course we put our, our trust in you guys as the devs and, and the community. It just, it's, it's, a, it's almost more than that. It's almost kind of like a little small little family. Right. And, and it's like, we would be like, I, I don't know what I would do truly. If I wasn't dabbling in feeding my chickens or my roosters every day, foraging, doing all this other stuff, like, what would I do with that time? I mean, I, I hate to say, I mean, I'd probably find something to do, but I mean, it's like, it's a part of my day to day to where it, it's just, a, it's, a, it's an amazing thing that you guys have created, but the fact that you guys are still here and that you're passionate about it too, right? So it's, it's really nice to have you guys being you and not just wearing a suit and talking a good game and then never hearing from you guys. So it's, you know, we appreciate you guys coming out and talking all the time Thank as well. You. So. That's so kind. I appreciate it. Yeah. The other thing that I add too, just kind of as a testament to like, you, you mentioned the things that the community is building. I mean, we have some folks out there that are building some really cool stuff. Like, like searches website with, with eggburn.xyz has been amazing. We're looking to have him on the pod, but you know, some of the stuff Nifty's done, Gribbly, Grenville, like all like, whether it's writing, whether it's creating tools, all of that. And I think it just speaks to like how fun the game is. Like people don't invest that much time to building stuff to support a game they like unless they just love it. And like I think of other games that I kind of love like that too. Like I think of like Minecraft. So we spent all of COVID, me and, me and Adrian's sons, uh, my nephews, um, spent that time playing Minecraft and I'm like watching videos on YouTube because you just can't get enough of it. And I think that's kind of the environment that, that y'all have had here with Chicken is we, we just want more. And whether it's joining people's spaces, whether it's using their tools, uh, I just think it really speaks to the quality of what y'all put together. Thank you, Matt. No, I think that's, it's huge. And it's really, uh, I think I said this before, but it harkens to the network effects 
inherent to this technology into this industry. So, you know, blockchain is already built on the rails of the internet, right, which is a network in of itself. And then, you know, blockchain is obviously uh, its own network, network of networks, whatever. Um, but if you want to embed yourself into this network, you need to build upon the exponential network effects, right? And it's like a node system where like every new node that you add in connects to every other node and like the number of connections builds so much, right? And I think we've done really well mm -hmm. within the Avalanche system of all the stuff you're saying about building a community of um, tooling, right? Of integrating with other projects. Um, and that has built this incredibly robust and strong network that is chicken, right? And, you know, over the bear market, that network has been, um, you know, rigid enough to, to withstand it. And as the market now grows, uh, I think we really want to lean into those network effects more, right? Because we've seen it work and we now uh, need to essentially mm -hmm. take the leap and build on networks outside of Avalanche. And I think actually... Starshares, just for a topical example, is such a good um, case in point like for that. Um, the moment you start going across networks, right, and you unlock a new node, like just the amount of people we're seeing coming to Avalanche now, it's like, it's crazy, right? Um, and I think that's the exact kind of effect mm -hmm. we want to leverage. So what's that? That's in a lot of ways, it's the original metaverse, right? Like before that term was hijacked by facebook right it's about this technology of blockchain mm -hmm. it's 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 a beautiful network because it's interoperable and yeah we're like isolated you know in certain blockchains and, and layers at the moment but it's you know that that's being overcome um but the true power of this space is the fact that like you can have a chicken or you can have a mad skull you can have a baYC or whatever and if they're interoperable like i can verify who owns it what it's at what its traits are what it um does in a certain context and like build that straight into my game right and I think that's that's huge mm -hmm. because that's not only cross pollination of user bases; it's like increased utility. It's 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 exponential network growth ultimately. Um, and you see a lot of cases now. I see this on Twitter. Like people are like, "Oh, Fortnite's the metaverse because they've got like this new Star Wars IP <laughs> that they bought in." And I, I hate that, dude. That's exactly not the metaverse, right? That's like these corporate walled gardens, <laughs> right? When someone's done a deal and they've 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 right. essentially paid for this asset to be in another game, right? Like there was there are permissions there. There's right. like um, it's not, yeah, it's not my metaverse. <laughs> so I think that's the that network effect, yep. right? That metaverse, right? And I'm gonna like as much as that word's cringe, I want to take it back. I want to like bring take that back from Zucky, right? That's that's our word. Um, that, those network yep. effects in the metaverse, like that is the way forward in this space. And that's what's unique about this space and something we've done very well in chicken, but we're going to do a whole lot better. Yeah. And that's, what's it. pretty cool, man, is, is going into like the gameplay, the play to own dynamics. You know, we, we know, we know we talked in, in prior episodes about, you know, of course, just the basics, how chicken lay egg and, and roosters squirt furt, but it's really truly seems like farmland foraging crafting, like those are going to be kind of the main type of gameplay items to kind of focus on now. And, and probably what's, what we're going to probably see in the future of chicken and anybody who you cross pollinate with. It it's uh it, it just kind of lays out a good board of, of what we're going to going to be expecting with with that cross pollination or collaborations. But would you or could you offer any type of insights that uh, on how important those those parts of the game, like mm. foraging and farmland and crafting might be in the future? Hundred percent. Yeah. So foraging, crafting and farmland, yeah, it's really uh, you could you could almost call it like the top layer or the outer layer of the game at the moment. So at the core, you have that, you know, chicken lay egg kind of uh, tritokenomics and that, you know, sort of extended with the rooster. I don't know if you guys remember the kind of like triangle of triangles diagram that built out, um, you yep. know, oh, sort yeah. of outside of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So outside of that, we have the um, foraging uh, gameplay, right? I think to truly embrace that level of gameplay, you kind of have to have a lot of the core mechanics down. You've got to have some chicken, some rooster, you know, some LP, right, to figure out how, how um, all of that works. But crafting and foraging is, is um, it has the most 
potential. It's almost like a blank canvas of gameplay um, compared to the kind of core mechanics, right? Where, yes, there's a lot of decision-making and there's a lot of game theory about like, hey, do I swap my fert for worm and do I fertilize my farmland and such? Uh, there are a finite number of paths, essentially, right? And with crafting, we've really opened up um, crafting and foraging, we've opened up a whole new world of potential here where uh, those metaverse features I was talking about before can uh, be built into the infrastructure, right? So at the end of the day, it is a you know generic crafting system. It's a way for you to create new NFTs, right? So I think I liked out. Um, so you can essentially build anything within chicken um, and potentially anything beyond chicken in this system, right? And one of the uh, one of the kind of issues we have with that is that it's this incredibly powerful crafting tool, you know, which is core to the uh, play to own economy. Um, but to get to that point, it's pretty expensive, right? To build enough um, farmland, to build enough LP, to build out your coop so you have enough chicken and rooster. This takes um, not only time, but it takes a significant amount of ABAX, right? Um, so that kind of like power of crafting, mm -hmm. that, that, that play to own, that ability to just create NFTs um, that are yours is uh, powerful, but limited by the fact it's only in so many people's hands, right? So as so we say, what is like kind of the future of foraging and crafting? I think it's, there's two fronts there. Um, we need to first convert our internal user base, right, into foraging um, and get more people within chicken playing the foraging game, right? And there's a number of ways we're going to mm -hmm. do that. Things like lowering the barrier to entry, things like adding in new incentives, um, and improving the user experience, right? And then we're gonna get more chicken farmers uh, interested and engaged with foraging, right? The um, second layer on top of that is converting new users, right? And that's exactly where the cross-pollination side comes, in, um, comes into play. And through uh, leveraging, you know, the, the kind of infrastructure that we have and bringing in, um, new incentives from another ecosystem and then allowing people from that ecosystem to come into chicken and do this generic crafting, get a little sample, get a little taste of the honey, right? Uh, that uh, mm -hmm. is incentivized by this prize, which is redeemable back in their own ecosystem, right? We start to kind of open up that, that first, that real front end of the funnel, you know? And, and this is just from like a Web3 perspective, right? This is, this is targeting Web3 users already. Um, but by lowering the barrier to entry in ways like that, you know, um, third-party NFTs can forage. Um, it's only then a natural extension on top of that to open it up to Web2 gamers, right? So um, you could uh, enable people to use like a default farmland or a default chicken or a sort of free-to-play version, right? Which uh, uses that exact same infrastructure, lets them craft something, lets them get a taste of the honey, right? Um, and builds up their um, uh, engagement with ecosystem until they eventually convert into a full chicken farmer, right? So we're kind of building out that funnel yep. into acquiring users, and it's this generic framework um, that is, you know, compatible with this kind of metaverse idea um, and will be the mechanic that onboards new users into the ecosystem. Yeah. No, I think that's great because I think you're just, you're giving a reason to try it out and I think once they do, like, it's, it's fun. Um, like, and I think there's, there's lots of projects are, that are out there that kind of had that same approach that got me involved in it. Like, so like, like Magical is an example, like the collaboration that y'all did with them, mm -hmm. like I'm a part of Magical is because I learned about them from y'all because I got, you know, a taste of it with, with the, the farming and the LP and like, well, I, I want to mm -hmm. do something with all of this flesh and I got a mad school and I started to go over there and then even in just some other, some other ones too. Like I uh, play another one called uh, so rare, which is it's soccer here, but football, the rest of the world where you can do a free version or you can, you know, play the game for real with a web three um, approach and, and really kind of do it that way. So I think it's, I think it's super smart and I think people are going to 
um, going to really love it. Uh, I will tell you kind of my, my dream for, for the future of it. Uh, I love the foraging of other projects. My dream is that we get some future 2024, 2025 version of like super smash brothers and cockfighting where I can bring, uh, I can bring my mad skull in and it'll be able to fight in, in cockfighting or bring in an edgy egg or even something else would be amazing. I know that's, Super complex, but that would be kind of a amazing no, it, evolution. Let's of dream it big. In, Let's in dream big, years. man. No, I would love to see yes. uh, just more like different NFTs in the game. But we were actually just talking to Love Monster the other day about uh, something exactly along these lines. Mm. So yeah, yeah, we're we're thinking on the same wavelength. <laughs> love it, I love it. No, that's super cool, man. And I think what, what one of the best things right now you talk about the uh, barrier of entry and. You know, I think that's really, I mean, probably been one of the benefits of a bear market is that everything, everything's a lot easier to get into right now, in my opinion. It can still get a little bit pricey, of course. But if if you were to give, uh, I, I won't say advice, but if you could give, if you were going to be entering this game yourself, how, mm. would, how would you get in? And we've speculated yeah. through the Botcast. We've, we've, we've speculated with just general talks because there are so many different dynamics and, and different little gameplays, but where do you, where would you start? Mm, mm. It's a, yeah, it's a good question. And it's a tough one because it's probably going to depend on, you know, a user's budget, right. And how much they're willing to, to go, but let's kind of take on like the lower end and assume you're just a little curious, right. You just want to, again, taste the honey. What is going to be a good place to start? Honestly, I think the best place to start would be to go buy farmland, right? So a decent farmland. So, I mean, that's already, we're talking like 80 bucks, a hundred bucks. Um, but get a farmland and uh, get some egg and some AVAX and start LPing, right? And start generating worm. Um, and then from there, start to tinker around with the items and blueprints market, right? So um, th there's already like a lot of options here, I guess. Um, but let's assume you don't want to inject like any further capital. You could use your worm earnings, right. To then, uh, get enough AVAX to start buying items and then, uh, using your farmland, taking those items, decomposing them into resources, right. And then, uh, using your egg and worm that you already have. Uh, to then recraft those into items where you see uh, an opportunity in the items market, right? Now that might require some further injections of capital as you go to like maybe top up your egg, top up, top up your LP, whatever it is. But I think that's a great way to get you introduced to a lot of the core mechanics of the game um, and actually start directly and quickly uh, trading, right? And shuffling tokens around and, and you know, uh, playing the game uh, without having to spend like, you know, $300 or whatever it is, $500 on a, on a chicken. Um, that's probably the way I'd go about it. I think the problem with that is that it kind of already assumes that you have this, uh, a bit of an advanced understanding of the ecosystem already, right? There's nothing easier than just buying a chicken and it's laying you and you're like, okay, great. Like, here we go, you know, but with blueprints and the dirt and decomposing and stuff. And I think given our like pretty rough UX in there at the moment, a lot of players who would do that aren't going to find that path into the ecosystem, right? Um, and that's, again, this whole chicken X foraging stuff is going to be about making that path to entry so much easier um, because it is the natural entryway into the ecosystem. Buying a chicken is realistically kind of like the last thing we expect our users to do. And once you've bought a chicken, you know, you're in, right? Like you've committed. Um, it's everything before that point. That's important. Man, tasting the honey, tasting the honey is dangerous. Sometimes <laughs> always gets yeah, himself in trouble tasting that honey. <laughs> Get a little addicted. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Very cool. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so, and I, th I think that's a good, that's a good approach too. And I think the, um, like the farmland just has so much potential within it. And I think it just, it can, for someone that wants to get more knowledge there, I think that's a, 
probably the best way that you could learn about LP farming. Like I, so I don't know if I mentioned before, so I'm, I'm getting a, a master's of blockchain right now. And so a big part of, you know, what we learn in DeFi has to do with this. And it's like, oh, I already know of this because I've been involved with chicken and it taught it to me in a way that was easy to understand. And so it's like, okay, I know, I know all about LP farming. And, you know, there's other folks like, like V forever probably taught me a good portion mm. about like, you know, all the risks and nuances of that. But, um, but I think that's just one of the cool things about it. I mean, there's so many brilliant minds truly in chicken that, I mean, it's, it's so fun just to talk to everybody. I mean, how many, how many opportunities seriously do we have to, to talk to a dev that's running a successful project and, and you being totally cool with talking to us and talking to all the other community members, sharing, you know, your API so they can, you know, it's it just, man, it's just, it's definitely one of the best communities out there. Um, and when, and you just don't know it until you're in it. Right. So that's anyway, it. That's it. And again, it's that, that network effect. Like what's the most powerful network effect, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's social, right? Like that's what the talk about blockchains built on the network of internets. Well, really the internet is built on the network of right. Like society and just being social animals. Um, and that sort of the power of, you know, seven degrees of separation, right? Seven degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, the world is more connected than you think, and people are more connected than you realize. Yeah. Um, and that is you know, one of the most one of the most powerful things. And why you got to, again, devs, get up there, talk to your community, go have those one-on-one -on -one conversations, get on a podcast, you know what I mean? Like you can touch someone's heart, you can change someone's life. And the ripple effects of that are, you know, you, you, so vast, you'll never know. You'll never know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, sure. Right. This has been amazing getting to, to, to chat with you about this. Um, we're obviously huge fans of this, uh, the, the, the project and of you personally. And so I uh, just really appreciate you spending the time with us um, and sharing some of this with, with our audience. Uh, any, any kind of parting thoughts that you'd have just to share with folks just about check-in, either things to come or things that you're just excited about within, within this journey that uh, you'd like to, to share before we, before we close out? Yeah, definitely. I, want to sign off, I guess, with a message, well, with a message of hope, right? It's been 18 months, two years of dire bear market. It's been rough. People have been wrecked. We've had FTX, we've had Luna, we've had the SEC coming down. Um, but things are turning around, ladies and gentlemen. And those who are paying attention are seeing it, right? The etchings of a new cycle are coming into play, right? Don't worry about the noise. Don't worry about the macro. Don't worry about the bullshit, right? Just have your thesis, you know, stay strong to it. Stay with the community, okay? Stay with people you trust, okay? Stay firm with your decisions. Trust yourself, uh-huh, and we're all going to goddamn make it, all right? I believe it. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> Thanks so much, Sherbach. And um, listeners, thanks so much for, for being with us today. Um, as, as usual, if you enjoyed uh, what you heard today, please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Um, share any comments that you have in the notes. Um, as we mentioned last time, we do, if you are joining us on Spotify, we're going to have some Q&A in there. So go ahead and answer uh, any questions you have or ask any questions that you have, and we'll be sure to include those in future podcasts. So with that, friends, thanks so much for joining, and we appreciate having you on. Awesome. Till next I'll time. Talk everyone. Bye bye.